Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to slash watching One Cross Radio, and today we are joined by nobody. It's just me. Uh, actually, technically, we are joined by Luna. She is uh, quite tired after the walk we just went on. It was a really, really nice walk. Uh, we are also joined by this uh, fantastic Redeemed Otaku mug, because uh, Redeemed Otaku is awesome. Wrong as uh, wrong as they might be about The Last Jedi being a good movie. Um, so, yeah, today we are doing a just let's talk about with no particular theme in mind. Um, now, let me rephrase that. Uh, there are a bunch of things I'm going to talk about, but that's why I'm just not making it specifically like Star Wars or specifically about a certain thing. Allow me to turn off my notification noises. Um, so let's dive right in. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we I did an episode looking at um, the last four movies I've seen. Um, but since then... Jill and I have had the chance to catch up on a lot of movies that I did not get the chance to see in theaters or um, right away. So we're just going to look at some of those along with some other news that Steve and I didn't talk about that were came out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con um, or around that time. So let's, uh, let's dive in. So as I talked about with Steve... I've seen what is, in my opinion so far, the best uh, of the DCEU, or whatever they're calling it, um, movies, and that was Shazam. Shazam was outstanding, or as I like to jokingly call it, the original Captain Marvel um, was was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's just so much fun. Um, <coughs> part of its charm uh, was... They shot it around um, Toronto and Hamilton. Uh, so seeing those places, uh, it was really cool. Um, seeing Danforth Tech, seeing them shoot at Danforth Station um, was really fun for my wife and I because she's like, oh my gosh, that is Danforth Tech. And then when he hops on the train, she's like, all right, what's the next station going east? What's the next station going west? Um and then when he pull when the wizard pulls him into his wizard cave, um, he uh, she's like, "Wow, Pape Station looks really different after the uh, construction." Um, and then they shot the the scene where he goes to buy beer because he's a fourteen year old in a, a grown man's body. So there's a lot of that humor. Um, is just at the convenience store around the corner from us. Kid you not, it's a three-minute walk. Um, and I actually remember the night they filmed because I got off the bus coming home from work. I was going to go to that convenience store to buy some cheese because I love me some cheese um, to the point that I'm, I'm a meat connoisseur. Uh, the joke is I'm a meatitarian. But if the option is between meat and cheese, I think I'd sooner give up meat than cheese. I digress. Uh, but I got off the bus to go pick up some cheese and I couldn't because they were they were filming um they were filming Shazam and man I wanted I I had no idea but then when I saw the first trailer I was like what and I kind of wish I stuck around to figure out how I could be an extra that would have been cool um but the rest of the movie is a lot of fun it does it looks cheesy it is cheesy but the right kind of cheesy um you have to go kind of cheesy and kitty with it because Billy Batson, Shazam, a.k.a. the original Captain Marvel. Um, it's all the story about, uh, a, in the original comics, he was younger. I think it was like 8 to, tw eight to 12 or something. Um, 
who suddenly gets a like gets all these superpowers where he basically becomes a magic version of Superman um, and he like suddenly he's an adult so it's it's very childlike and it captures that excellently uh, there's some really really good themes of family uh, the honest trailer for it that dropped a little while ago uh, made light of it in the right kind of way where it's like man they lean on the family theme heavier than uh than friggin fast and the furious does um but it works um i can't remember the kids the kid's name the the standout in the movie is the uh the actor who plays freddy he steals every scene he's in he's he's a really good kid performer um and he, he's the standout. No offense to Zachary Levi, who was excellent. Um, really, ca- like, you could believe... It didn't seem like he was pretending to be a kid. Um, it, it organ- His performance was very organic, and it worked. You could believe that Zachary Levi is a child in a man's body. I don't want to say a man-child. Uh, I almost want to say a boy-man. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was a lot of fun, and easily DC's best movie. Um, not knocking Wonder Woman, because the first two-thirds of that are excellent, but Wonder Woman's faults are the third act where it descends into what was then standard DC fare, where it's like, alright, it's at night, here's a bunch of CGI, uh, and a huge CGI battle with wide destruction, blah 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 blah. Um, Wonder Woman did have some good personal stuff in there, uh, like the death of Steve Trevor, but it it was still it it was a noticeable step down from the previous two acts. Um, they corrected that with Aquaman, where it went from like a huge CGI battle, which you needed, uh, to a very small personal one, which you know was on a green screen, but it still looked better. But Aquaman still had a lot of issues with dialogue with uh writing uh i enjoyed it a fair bit but it it wasn't perfect um but then you got this and this is out of the dceu best movie hands down um the dialogue worked the writing was solid i think everybody knew what it was um the organic references to the wider dceu worked excellently um freddy being a huge superhero guy uh who almost trains billy as he's becoming shazam is awesome uh he has a bullet that bounces off superman that is worth six hundred dollars he has a batarang um as they're referencing the wider dceu it works very organically um the post credit scene you get a superman cameo without seeing henry cavill um so we don't know if it was henry cavill i'm really hoping that uh, Henry Cavill is not done as Superman. Um, I was actually reading this morning with the future plans for the DC EU, and it seems like Superman's on the back burner, which I really don't want because uh, Cavill is a great Superman. Um, he just has it outside of his return in Justice League, so let's say 15 minutes. Outside of 15, 20 minutes, he hasn't had a chance to play classic Superman. Uh, he's been great in what he's been in, but they haven't given him the material necessarily that suits that character well until his return in Justice League. And that was, to me, the best part of Justice League. So give me that before he's gone, please. And if you can, let him have his majestic mustache, because it's it's awesome. Um, 
but you also you got some stuff you didn't expect with it that leans into the Shazam slash Captain Marvel lore where there's the Marvel family and it's been something that was in the original Fawcett comics that came in in this one where his adoptive family um, get each get one of Shazam's powers. Uh, I'm not going to break down what the friggin acronym in Shazam means, but it's Strength of Hercules or something like that. Wisdom of, or Wisdom of Solomon, Hercules, and blah, 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 blah. Um, most of the time I'd reiterate it. I just, I'm, I don't want to look it up. I'm tired right now. Um, as you can, viewer, uh, listener, you can't, but as the viewer can see, my hair's a mess. My beard's a mess. I just got back from a walk. Did not sleep well. But I wanted to do this episode. Um, sorry, I'm just going to adjust the shot. And uh, viewer, I apologize. I don't know why today's... Uh, it's a little blurrier than usual. Um, anyways, sorry. Uh, each of the family members gets uh, a power of his. And Freddy gets flight. And uh, when they... They too get more adult form, uh, more adult forms. Uh which is interesting because Mary, the uh, his eldest foster sibling, she she's going off to college, so it's she's aged like it's a different actress, but it's like she's aged like ten years, or not even maybe not even that. Um, but Freddie gets picture perfect casting. Both Jill and I had to pause, and we were like, "That is outstanding casting." Uh, you got um, Adam Brody. As older Freddy, and it just works so well, uh, especially with the performer who was playing younger Freddy and the character that they had established as Freddy worked perfectly. Uh, the main villain, I cannot remember his name. I'm not a uh, a Shazam slash OG Captain Marvel uh, aficionado, although this movie did make me want to watch or uh, want to read Captain Marvel. Um, a bit, so I might start visiting some of the early Captain Marvel stories and the on and the current or more recent Captain Marvel stories. Sorry, Shazam, my bad. Um, yeah, the the villain worked, um, and also ha also having sub villains powering him being the uh, the seven deadly sins. I'm always down for that concept. Uh, definitely coloring me interested whenever that shows up. I, I do wish they got developed a little bit more, um, but it's a it's a nitpick more than a than a criticism. Um, it worked. Uh, the movie really really worked. Uh, there's not any. I don't really have any complaints about it. Is it perfect? No. Um, but it's to me hands down best DC EU movie so far. Um, what's interesting is as I read through that list earlier today uh it did remind me of black adam which they kind of referenced in the movie um earlier on when shazam gets his powers the wizard played by the excellent uh digimon hansu um which unfortunately whenever he shows up i instantly think of like the theme to the old digimon show digimon digital monsters digimon are the champions um i was more a pokemon guy but i did dig the first four seasons of digimon um he uh he did reference like having an original champion that he gave the powers to, but who then used them for selfish means. And then he's like, I'm not ever going to, I'm going to wait to find the right person. 
And so I thought that was a good reference to Black Adam, uh, who is going to be played by The Rock, which is great casting. Uh, we've known Bla of Black Adam for, I think at this point, like four years, because um, DC does this cool but also very annoying thing where they announce like, hey, we're working on this movie. Uh, there's Nightwing, there's Batgirl, there's Flash, there's uh, Cyborg. Ugh, there's friggin' Gotham City Sirens, there's all, uh, Birds of Prey, there's all these movies, but the ones that they're going forward with that we know of are, are uh, there's gonna be Batman, there's gonna be, so, uh, Harley Quinn and Joker movie, there's gonna be all this, and here's the ones they're going forward with, you're getting Wonder Woman, uh, 1984, eventually we're probably gonna get Aquaman 2, um, we are getting Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever, which uh, took it includes Cassandra Cain, which I like because she was an excellent Batgirl. Um, uh, and then, but they're taking out Oracle, which is which is dumb. Um, yeah, it's DC announces all these movies and it gets you hype, but then there's like no follow up. Um, I mean, we are going to get The Batman, and it's apparently going to be part of a trilogy. We are getting Suicide Squad 2, called The Suicide Squad. Um, but there's no real... Or also, we're going to eventually, apparently, get Man of Steel 2. But again, no real follow-up of Man of Steel 2. Um, no real follow-up on Flash. No real follow-up on Cyborg. Since they've announced it, there's no news on Nightwing. Si uh, Batgirl, they announced Joss Whedon was going to write and direct, and then, then they announced we're actually going to look for a female director, and there's been no follow-up. Uh, so that's, that's the thing. I'd almost rather announce it when it's actually happening. Like, when you've gotten some, some ledge, uh, some ledgeway. I, I think I'm not using an actual term, but that's what we're going with. Um, or when there's some traction, when it's actually going forward, so you're not just being like, hey, we're doing all this, we're doing all this, and then there's no news, no development, and it goes to development hell, and then everybody's just like, what's, what's the haps? Um, sorry, that's my rant on DC, but uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely check out Shazam. It is a lot of fun. Um, like I said, there is humor based on a 14-year-old boy, a teenage... Teenage 14-year-old boys suddenly have the body of a man, so there is that kind of adolescent humor, but it's not overabundant. Um, and they don't, sh like, they'll show him sneaking into, like, not even sneaking into, but like buying beer, going into a strip club, but they never show the inside of it. Um, and then at one point, when he's trying to escape the bad guy, uh, how he gets out of this is he imagines something, uh, and then... It, he needs to imagine like getting back on the train. So him and his family are in the cave, the original sins and the bad guy are chasing after him. So he, they're just like, you need to imagine a place. And then he imagines the strip club and then Mary rightfully chastises him for it. Um, and then they get out of there. It's, it's, it's a PG 13, but it doesn't lean into everything that PG 13 gives you. Um, which I appreciated. I was very surprised by the movie, and I regretted not seeing it in theaters. Uh, I will definitely plan on seeing the second one uh, when it comes. So the next movie I wanted to talk about was Detective Pikachu, which was very, very different than I thought it would be. Um, I, I enjoy me some Ryan Reynolds. I thought it would be distracting, um, but it worked. Uh, it, it was 
not Ryan Reynolds informing the character. It The voice suited the character very much so. Uh, they went into different territories than I thought they would. Um, YouTube being in it was cool, but then the main bad guy's idea was I need to extend my life and then I love Pokemon, so I'm going to put my consciousness in a Pokemon. And he went with uh, Mewtwo. Um, and the kid, Justice Smith, he's trying to find his dad uh, who or solve a murder with Detective Pikachu, this talking Pikachu. Um, I'm spoiling, but the movie's been out for a while. And all these movies have been out for a while. And the next one I'm going to talk about, it's a remake of a movie that's been out since 1994. There's no... I'm not spoiling anything um, because you've seen the movie. Um, detect, yeah, Detective Pikachu was really, really well made. It went in a couple different directions than I thought it would, so I appreciated that. Um, apparently, there's a plan to do more Pokemon movies after this, but at the end of the movie, you find out Mewtwo, after uh, the kid's dad died, uh, or almost died, the body was dying, so then... Mewtwo moved the consciousness of the dad into his Pokemon partner, Pikachu. His dad was a detective. Um, so then he Mewtwo kept the body. So then Pikachu went and found the son. So then they don't really explain why the son was necessary. But then that way he could put the dad back in the body. So at the end of the movie, Pikachu is just Pikachu. Uh, and the dad, Ryan Reynolds, is there. So I don't think you're, we're going to get, like, Detective Pokemon 2 or Detective Pikachu 2. Because if we do, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to explain how they put Pika, uh, the dad back in Pikachu. Um, yeah, the Pokemon all looked excellent. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me. Pokemon is something I'm slowly revisiting that I haven't been, like, as invested in since I've been a child. Um... Outside of the excellent um, anime miniseries uh, they did a number of years ago, uh, Pokemon Origins. Um, but I've revisited uh, through work Pokemon the first movie, Pokemon the movie 2000, which are both very cheesy but have a great nostalgia to them. Uh, but I did check out the uh, Pokemon I Choose You movie that uh, was... Almost a remake of the first couple episodes of the anime show, um, but different and and better. Uh, it was really really well made. Um, the point where you got uh, Pikachu talking in a dream was really weird, but it was it was still good. It was it was well made. Uh, and then Pokemon the the other Japanese movie. Um, the Power of Us was really, really good as well. Um, they are working on a third one, which is a borderline remake of uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back, which was the first Pokemon movie. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, movies that involve like the original 150 or 252, because uh, I I played up to uh, Pokemon Silver and Gold. Um, and then I just never got another Game Boy, so, and I didn't download the proper, em proper emulators to play beyond that. Um, I really, really enjoyed those, uh, those games. Um, and they, the, the cards and everything, so Detective Pikachu was really cool, um, to see Pokemon, CG Pokemon, and they looked great. 
uh, Jill was finding it funny because I'd be like, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, ah, oh, it's Charmander. Just getting so excited, like the inner kid in me just coming out. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, if you, even if you're not a huge Pokemon fan, check it out. The more of a Pokemon fan you are, I think the more you'll appreciate it. Because what they're doing, what they did well was really subtle references. Uh, you got, I think, the battle music from the game. From the game, uh, when there's a video of an like a news agency interview, the background music is the music from the theme song from the show. And then at one point, after Pikachu Lee uh, splits off from uh, Justice Smith, I just can't I can't remember the guy's uh, the character's name. Uh, he is tearfully singing the theme song from the show. Uh, Jill still appreciated the movie, but she's like, yeah, I did not get the references, but they weren't beating you over the head with it. So it was, again, something that worked where the more of a fan you are, the more you got it. And if you didn't, you might just be like, oh, okay, it's background music or, oh, this is kind of funny. Um, so I would recommend checking that one out. Uh, next one up is the most recent movie I've seen in theaters. It is The Lion King. Um, it's okay. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, Disney with their um, live-action remakes, because a lot of these aren't actually live-action. Um, I mean, they're animal characters that look a lot like realistic animals now. Um, the only one that I'd say was... The only stellar one was jungle book um now to be fair i didn't see dumbo um because i don't really care for dumbo um it looks like a very tim burton movie though <laughs> um jungle book was great aladdin was much better than i expected um beauty and the beast was still worse than this one um but and lion king uh, lion king and beauty and the beast are both eh I would, uh, the thing is, both of them are so too much like the original, uh, and it works to its detriment. Um, with Lion King, the earlier in the movie we were, the more I enjoyed it. Um, when we got to the final act, um, that's where I was just like, man, I, I could just be at home watching a much better version of this movie. They don't add a lot they do add some stuff um they add a subplot where uh, scar tried to um get together with sarabi before but she chose mufasa and then throughout the movie it's him being like just be my queen just be my queen come on like i'm the king now um they added more to the hyenas um there were some really good sequences like when the the kids end up in the elephant graveyard um Instead of it just being three hyenas, it's like all the hyenas chasing him around. Um, the scene in the gorge was outstanding. Not as good as the original movie, but still really good. Um, I legit almost, like, I was starting to tear up when uh, when Mufasa died. Because that scene just always hits me uh, where you live. I, uh, um, I'll remember, the first time I watched Lion King proper uh in like eight years this was probably actually roughly eight years ago weird um but it was the first time i watched lion king in a long time nobody was around we got to mufasa's death and i bawled i bawled like a baby uh 
the dad stuff really hits me. So that whole scene, they 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 captured it. Um, it wasn't as good as the original, but they they captured it. Um, that part was for me the highlight of the movie. Um, the kid who played Simba again. I'm sorry, I don't have his name. Uh, he was outstanding. He was he acting wise. He was probably the uh, the highlight of the movie for me. But since I said acting, that is probably my biggest beef with this movie. Um, lions aren't really that emotive animals. If you see pictures of them, they're not. So I don't know where it went. But because the lions' faces don't emotionally emote that much, they chose to roll with that. Um, so then I don't know if it's because they knew that that they were directing the actors to underperform. But the original Lion King movie from 1994, which, obligatory thing, I've never watched Kimba the White Lion, but it apparently is heavily lifted from Kimba the White Lion. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, look it up. There's articles upon articles upon articles. Anytime the Lion King gets a re-release uh, from the Disney vault or a new Lion King spinoff, because there was Lion King 2, there was um, Lion King 1.5, and, and then there's the Lion Guard show. Um, anytime that happens, there's always... It's like, all right, it's time to talk about how the Lion King ripped off Kimba. Um, I've never watched Kimba, but there are definite, obvious similarities. But to learn more about that, look it up. Um, I digress. Uh, the original live action... Uh, sorry, the original Lion King... I'd say there was voice acting, uh, wherein, whereas in this, it was it was more so because there wasn't much emotion in the faces, it seemed like they were directing everybody to just underperform. So it really felt a lot more like people reading lines than acting behind them. And this becomes a huge, huge thing in the third act, because uh, in the original, it's very emotional. Simba's coming back. Uh, to reclaim Pride Rock. Um, he's... Him and Nala are finally like, yeah, we love each other. Um, he's seeing his mom for the first time in friggin' eons. Uh, and then Scar's like, yo, you killed your dad. In front of everybody. And then he finds out, nah, Scar killed him. So there's a lot of emotion. And in this, there's, there's not. It's just like slightly harsh, like a slight tonal difference. Um, but it, it underserves, it underserves the scene, it underserves the story. Um, that is my biggest gripe because the performances aren't necessarily performances. Um, and the cast is a really, really solid cast. Like, I'm not a fan of Beyonce. Uh, I found her distracting as Nala, but that's, that's on me because I'm not a fan. I can't put any of that on her performance. Her performance was was all right. It was. I just found distracting because I I'm not big on Beyonce. Um, if it was friggin' Angelina Jolie, I probably would have been like, I'm distracted because I don't care for her. Um, but we'll see. She Sandra Sandra Bullock recently started to win me over uh, from my hardcore like, no, I don't like her stance from Ocean's Eight. So we'll see if uh, it happens. Anyways. Um, yeah, the performances were not performances. Uh, friggin' James Earl Jones, especially, I was like, that's a waste of James Earl Jones. Um, because he's got a lot of emotive lines as Mufasa, and they did not lean into it. 
that was the thing that was that was the most frustrating. Also, the pacing was really quick at times that it didn't need to be. Um, they also added like five, ten minutes of stuff. I can't think of what it added to the story. I won't. Sorry, before I get to the pacing, here's an example of a thing where I'm like, what the heck? Um, in the original movie where Simba just like lies down in the field after friggin' uh, Timon and Pumbaa laughed at his thing about like the stars being the, the kings of the past. Uh, he lies down and huffs and then the wind catches his fur and then it blows and friggin' three seconds later or a day later or whatever, um, Rafiki grabs it, realizes it's Simba. That was enough. In the in the remake, Simba lies down, you get that, and then you get a tracking shot of the hair blowing through the wind, eventually lands on a tree, like a minute later, two minutes later maybe, a giraffe eats it, then it fades to black. And then you catch a beetle pushing around a ball that you realize is poo, um, that has the hair in it, eventually the ball falls, and the hair flies again. It add, what does that add? It's not even funny. It's just, I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, so it's, and then the pacing. Uh, so at certain points, it's missing beats. So in the original movie, when Simba saves Pumbaa from Nala, she pins him. There's a pause. And then he's like, Nala? And then there's another pause. It's like the first pause is two beats. The next pause is like a beat. And then she's like Simba. And then there's another pause. And then they both get really happy. Uh, Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, my best friend's alive. I thought you were dead. I blah, 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 blah. In this it's instantaneous. It's she pins him down and he's like Nala. And she's like Simba. And then it just, it frustrated me. So it's all right. Like it's, it's very technically well done. But it's it was I, I found it quite quite disappointing. I, I really enjoy the original. Um, there's nothing new to be gained from this. Like the thing I liked about Jungle Book is I'm not huge on the original Jungle Book. I found this the live action Jungle Book um, live action because it's a kid and a diaper and a bunch of CG um, added to the story. It made it its own story. It worked. Aladdin added enough things to its to make it its own where it's like yes it's reverent to the original it's doing stuff exactly from the original but it's also making enough changes outside of the crappy changes with Jafar where it was its own thing um but Beauty and the Beast and Lion, and Lion King in particular don't do that they're doing so much that's slavishly devoted to the original where I'd just be like just just re-release the original because I'll watch it and people will watch that in droves. It doesn't matter that we have it on DVD. It's on the big screen again. We'll go. Um, yeah, so that was The Lion King. Uh, the next movie that I watched that I really want to plug, um, and I realize I'm circling, so I'll try to tone it down a little bit, is uh, Batman versus TMNT. The Where DC kills it is their animated movies. Um And this one was excellent. It was based on, mostly based on the first of... Now, several crossovers with uh, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was so much fun. It was the quite probably the best crossover uh, I've ever seen. It was the first act and third act in particular 
are outstanding. The second act is where it loses itself a bit. Um, but the Turtles work with Batman excellently. Shredder works outstanding with Batman. When I first read the original comic, I was like, oh my gosh, you never even thought of that. But they're both, that works so well. Both are amazing fighters. Both are highly intelligent. Uh, it it makes sense that they would cross paths. So that was a huge fight in in this movie. Um, and the first round goes to Shredder. The second round goes to Batman. Uh, but it's incredibly tight fights. Um, the humor works so well. It's pro- It's one of the best uh, Ninja Turtles uh, media I've ever seen. It is excellent. It is so good. Um, so I highly, highly recommend you check that out. So the other things I wanted to kind of quickly talk about uh, were some news that came out around uh, the week before or the weekend of Comic-Con, not necessarily from Comic-Con. But uh, excellent news for Godzilla fans and MonsterVerse fans. Uh, Toho has said they are thrilled with what Godzilla has been doing in the States. Um, a lot of people were, myself included, were like, man, Godzilla vs. Kong next year might be the end of Godzilla in American, in American movies, which... If it was still 1998, I'd be thrilled about. But Godzilla 2014 was great. Godzilla King of the Monsters was outstanding. Um, Kong Skull Island was awesome. I've got no reason to doubt that Godzilla vs. Kong will be excellent. Um, but they are... But Toho, outside of Shin Godzilla... Um, Shin Godzilla, sorry. They haven't, been a, they haven't done a live-action one. Uh, but... And they've said, we want to do a Godzilla shared universe, um, which is something they've already kind of done. Uh, the original Shawire, because Rodan had his own movie, Mothra had her own movie, and then both were incorporated into the Godzilla Shawa franchise. Um, and then in the Heisei period in the 90s, Mothra got her own trilogy, which I haven't seen yet, and I've heard... Both good and bad things, uh, but it's on my to-watch list, and Ghidorah showed up in it. Um, they want to do a proper shared universe where I'm like, I'm down, cool, yeah, why not? But they also said they are so thrilled with what's going on that it does not mean the American MonsterVerse will end. So, you will get a concurrent, sh- a concurrent shared universe of Toho Japanese Godzilla films along with uh, American... Monsterverse films. Great time to be a Godzilla fan. Very excited by that news. Um, other news that came out is that the Power Rangers films are about to get rebooted again. Um, the guy who played, uh, I think it's Draco. No, it's not. I was about to call him a Harry Potter character. Um, but the guy who played the Red Ranger, who was also, um, on Stranger Things, he announced through a Reddit "Ask Me Anything" that there is a new Power Rangers movie coming, just not involving this cast, um, the cast of hit the movie he was in, which I'm kind of fine with. I liked the cast. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Um, there were some really good elements to it, but it also, to me, did not embrace enough of the lore, enough of the the cheesiness. I I've said before, hate, did not like the suit designs, hated the Zord designs because friggin' Mastodon had six legs. Uh, Goldar, 
wasn't Goldar, and it was kind of lame. Uh, the Megazord looked terrible. There was a lot of stuff I didn't like coming out of that movie. So, right now, on the show-wise, like, the Hasbro era has been really good. Uh, Beast Morphers, I'm, like, four or five episodes behind, but it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, very well shot. Like, it's still a kid's show, but... And it's... it's like RPM is like, man, if they did a Power Rangers show aimed at adults, not saying like adult themes like Game of Thrones kind of thing, but just more aimed at a grown-up audience, I th- it would work excellently. More so than any other Power Rangers seasons. Uh, friggin', I think, Time Force. Um, yeah, friggin' uh, Time Force, RPM, and Beast Morphers show that Power Rangers could work for grown-ups. Cause that's a huge audience. Uh, the They've got a lightning collection of action figures and stuff coming out, which are selling like hotcakes. A huge part of the Power Ranger fandom are people around my age who grew up with this. So I'd love to see a bone tossed in, in, uh, outside of the comics to, uh, to people my age. But also a huge, let's be honest, a huge chunk of the audience is kids. So I understand that that might not happen. But... The idea of a reboot, I think, is really good. Uh, they could go clean from the Mighty Morphin era, even though it's the era people know. It could be like, you know what? We're going to go to a different era, and we can reference this stuff before. Before They haven't announced if it's going to be a sequel, which they could do and be like, hey, this happened, but we're further removed from it. Um, there's there's a lot of things you could do. So, it color me very, very interested. Uh, the other Power Rangers news is, uh, in a comic, there will be... Boom Studios and IDW will be doing a Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover, um, which is very interesting. Uh, in s- The show In Space featured a crossover with the other Saban show at the time, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Next Mutation. Was not a fan. This actually got talked about on the Pull List podcast recently, uh, which again, you should go check out. Because in the Ninja Turtles comics, they're like, we are going to have the first official incontinuity uh, female Ninja Turtle. Sorry, give me a sec. My throat hurts. Again, friendly reminder, redeemed otaku. Awesome. Uh, they, uh, which stirred up, uh, led to some good conversation between Hector and uh, Chris Poirier um, about where does Venus de Milo, who was... The fifth Ninja Turtle in that show, uh, she was brought in. And it, uh, where does she fit into canon? Where does she fit into continuity? Um, I don't know if Kevin Eastman has ever talked about her, but Peter Laird has. He has a documented hatred of that character. Because uh, the show also gave the idea that the Turtles aren't actual brothers. They did that with Venus, uh, so then she could be a potential love interest for any of the Turtles without it being turtle incest. So... You get why they did it, but it was still that twist that they weren't actual brothers is a complete turn and flips on its head something that had been core to the Turtles canon since they were created. uh, That had been in everything before and has been in subsequently everything after. Um, But Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles are again something that can work together. Uh, That crossover... (laughs) was somehow an example of, at that time, one of the best and worst things about Power Rangers. Um, so it, it, it'll it be interesting to see 
how it works in comics because even though I'm way behind on the Ninja Turtles comics uh, for a long time it was one of the best titles I was reading uh, Power Rangers was again one of the best titles I was reading both comics were knocking it out of the park so it could be very interesting to see how they work there's there's some common fantastical themes that could could be very interesting um, the next one I want to talk about coming out of San Diego San Diego Comic-Con was we got a trailer for the Picard show which is out of recent times the Star Trek news I am most excited about um haven't cared for Discovery I might eventually try to give it another chance uh movie wise the it really seems like it's dead in the water that we won't get another Kelvin timeline movie and they're gonna move forward with Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek where He's pushing for an R rating, which to me is not Trek. Um, I'm not interested in this. Like, I'll probably go see it because I do dig some Tarantino and I dig Trek. He could surprise me. But on paper, I'm like, this is really weird. I'd much rather see an organic Quentin Tarantino sci-fi film than Quentin Tarantino's take on Star Trek. Um, Picard, though, looks awesome. Patty Stew back looks great. Um, sounds like some original, uh, some of the next-gen crew are going to show up, which also sounds great. Uh, it takes place after Nemesis. So I definitely believe it's also acknowledging the first five minutes of uh, Trek 09. Seven of Nine shows up. The trailer shows a Borg cube. So I am definitely interested in this. I think this could be the Trek show. Um, I'm going to try not to get my hopes up super high. But it, from what I've seen, and they've been playing it close to the chest with announcements and stuff, this looks great. Like, I've had... Res I when they first released stuff about Discovery, Discovery, I had re reservations, and then after watching the first two episodes, I'm like, "This is this is terrible." Um, the Picard show looks looks solid. So that's the main news stuff I wanted to go over. Um, so we're gonna move into another short section. Uh, so I, uh, listener viewer, if you follow the website, you'll also notice I haven't blogged in quite a long time. Uh, for the past year or so, uh, the anxiety issues have been hitting high, um, and for some reason, writing has been something that's been uh, stressing me out. The few times I've done it since, I'm like, man, I miss this, because uh, it does energize me. But lately, when I've tried, it's been, it's been really dragging me down. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on that I, I, I can't talk about um, or go into details, but I, I'll just ask for, for prayer. Um, yeah, my wife and I are going through a season of hardship. Not with each other. Not with each other. Just we're both experiencing anxiety and depression. So those are not fun. Um, work has been insanely uh, stressful lately. Um, we had a thing happen at work, which I can't talk about. And then at the start of July, a co-worker... Uh, a co-worker passed away um, so that hit hard that hit all of us hard it was very unexpected um, and then the past couple weeks it's just been breaking the news to youth uh, doing the phone calls to volunteers and people around is is incredibly difficult uh, it's been super draining um, so I'm there's it, it's been like almost non-stop trauma 
around uh, at work and just reliving trauma at home because anxiety and mild depression bring that up. So it's it's just been very, very draining. Uh, so please, if you can, um, keep me and my family and my extended family in your prayers. Um, as I said, nothing... It's, Jill and I are great. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. Uh, God uses her so much um, and brings me so much joy. Um, and we have a lot of fun together. Um, it's, it's nothing about us. It's just life in general right now. is It's, it's, it's a season of roughness. Um, so please keep us in your prayers. I uh, keep my, my work in your prayers and all the coworkers just cause we've, we've had a rough go lately. Um, it's been a very rough go there. Um, and please keep a lot of friends and family in your prayers. Um, of course, uh, as always, uh, please pray for, uh, Hector Mirai, uh, Chris Poirier, um, Matt and Jen from Cardboard Koinonia, uh, Becky from Redeemed Otaku and her husband. I'm really sorry I'm forgetting his name. Um, all these people who do ministry um, and are in the in the public eye and all that. Uh, it's, it's fun, but it can be draining. Um, so please keep us all in your prayers. Um, and yeah, what can... To wrap this up, what can I pray... What can I pray for you about? Um, don't feel like you have to put this in a comment uh, if you follow us on instagram or on facebook send me a direct message um and know that i'll be praying for you and i appreciate those who who pray for us um please keep one cross radio and the website in your prayers um i'm not gonna stop doing it anytime soon i'm loving it i'm actually really probably planning on until i get again more work hours um doing the podcast schedule back to where it was at to uh once a week instead of once bi-weekly um so by the time you hear this, that's probably happening. Uh, but yeah, please keep me in your prayers. Uh, keep us in your prayers. Uh, the website, um, as a friend commonly points out, the ministry. Um, yeah, please keep us in your prayers and send me a message. Let me know what I can pray about for you. Uh, dear listener and viewer, thank you so much. Um, and if you don't know God, I pray that you do know God because God is a really excellent and good and life-giving God. Um, that does not mean I get there's the momentary happiness. Um, God's plans are always better than my plans and seasons happen. Um, but God is good. Um, and I have no doubt that he, that he loves me. He loves his children. I don't always understand what he's doing or why what's happening is, is in his plan, but God is a good God. There is evidence in my life for it. There is evidence in the life of the everyday believer. Um, yeah, God is God is good. Um, so hit me up. Let me know. What did you think of this movie news? Uh, in the comments, feel free to talk about that. Like, what's your favorite movie news? What did you think of Shazam Detective Pikachu? The live action Lion King. Um, live action. And uh, Batman versus TMNT. Are you excited about the Godzilla shared universe? The uh, the Power Rangers reboot, the crossover with Ninja Turtles, and the upcoming Picard show. And then, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to DM. We're not. I'm not trying to be uh, like, oh, look at me and how prayerful I am. I legit want to pray for you. Um, and it's not a show. It's not a show. It's just if there's something you need prayer for, please don't hesitate. Drop me a direct message. We'll keep it private because it's nobody. Not anybody's business. And I'm happy to pray for you. Um, 
With all that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for your support of One Cross Radio and the website. Thank you for your support of me. Um, feel free to hit up our, uh, our Redbubble and our coffee page. I'm toying with the idea of a, a Patreon, so also let me know in the comments if, if that's something you'd be down for. Uh, but hit up the Redbubble site for some sweet swag and all that. Uh, and from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support of One Cross Radio. Love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless my friends. Take care. Peace.